Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We apologise for being missing last week. The man flu got the best of Baz, but it also gave him some pretty good tips. Gave me some pretty good tips as well. And if you were lucky enough to follow us on Twitter, you would have followed through. You better shout yourself a nice little meal and a little beer to Yorkshire Hotel, our proud sponsors of today's episode. Also, our proud sponsor of today's episode is the Sporting Chance magazine, who are doing Crisis Week this week. Apparently... The AFL's in crisis. The footy has never been worse. The product is unwatchable, apparently. We say, no, it's not. Footy's great. Footy's fantastic. And we're spending a whole week talking the game up and kicking the crisis versions out. Keeping in the theme of crisis week, we're looking at two of the cellar dwellers. And two of the cellar dwellers have been kind of the poor teams for the last five years or so. Uh, The Blues and the Suns. And they've both had pretty, again, poor starts of the year. So the last time Carlton were a league average team was round 23, 2014. The last time Gold Coast were a league average team was round 14 of 2014. And that's brought to you by the ARC Historical ELO Ratings. And since then, it's been all downhill. So right now, the Blues are 0-7. and seven. It's the worst start in club history. But apparently, they're showing better performances. They lost to the Crows by 55 points last week, but yeah. apparently they showed a bit more fight. The Suns, not as bad. They're 3-4, and four, but their wins only have come against Carlton, Brisbane, and strangely North Melbourne, who we'll get to in a little bit. At this stage, and looking forward, who would you rather be firstly this season? I think that answer's pretty obvious, but then looking forward probably two to three years. So at the moment, I'd, I'd rather be Gold Coast. They're playing a lot better football than they have for previous coaches so Dewey's obviously getting the culture right he's got the effort uh, like last week they were missing some very very good players and really took it up to the doggies and probably deserved to win but that last call they faded away and this year they've had a really tough like first 8 to 10 weeks because they travel so much with the com games in, up in the Gold Coast so they've they've caught a bit of a roar into the deal with that plus a few injuries and now the, now the hype starting with Big Lynchy as well, you know. Uh, so was it Richmond? Richmond apparently have offered him multiple million dollars. Yeah. Hawthorne and Collingwood are there chasing as well. So that for me, that's where between the two teams going forward, even probably looking at it now, I'd prefer to be Carlton going forward. I think they've got a very very good forward line with McKay and Charlie Kerno, and I reckon they've got a, a few little good little smart players and. Pickett, Gartlett, and uh, SPS, Sean Puskrevsky, Seaton. I think he can push into midfield and be that outside class, like your Stephen Hill sort of sort of player. Uh, even your Martin, I suppose, as well. Sort of Jack Martin I'm talking about. Yep. They've got a very, very good inside mid in, in Cripps who will be around for another five or ten years. Uh, their back line with when Weedering gets back will be solid with and uh, Jones and March Bank and a few of those other guys I like. I like Fisher. Uh, I like a few other players they got playing through there. They're probably the only big thing for me with Carlton is a ruck stock, so I won't have. I don't really have a long term ruckman, which now you need a good ruckman. Uh, they just need a bit more outside polish. They need a bit more experience as well. They got rid of a lot of experience, so for me, this is where I, I, I fear for Carlton is their their culture and yeah, their leadership around the club. Like they got they got no leaders. They got no senior bodies around. 
It reminds me a bit of early 2000s Melbourne when they were going through that rebuild and it's only taken them probably two or three years ago to get out of it, that cycle. And even now, you can see they're still mentally scarred from that. You know, kind of last year and around 23 when Melbourne got done at the start this season. And as Gold Coast probably don't have a, probably have a better culture, better, a bit more senior. Most of their players have been in the system for three or four years. You know, they're trading Lockie Weller. They've got a, still got a few more uh, top-end draft talent that come. And obviously, I've finished lower this year, so they'll get more picks. But for me, them losing Tom Lynch will just be gutted. They would gut the club. Uh, he's a hard man to replace. And, yeah, it'll be them going back and almost need to restart if they lose Lynch. Mm-hmm. So going forward, definitely Carlton. This year, I'll probably stick with Gold Coast. But yeah, going forward, I think Carlton definitely another year or two and they'll be right up there. Do you have any concerns about the constant losing at the start of players' careers, though? So I feel like, as you said, there's no real cultural leaders. There's no real professional leaders there. Like, there's no... Like, at least with Brisbane, they, they got, like, a hodge there to say, like, even if we got even if we did lose every game this year, yeah. he can be there and just like, this is what it takes to be a professional AFL footballer Look at my normies. Look at my look at my premierships. Here's how you do it, and I'll be here next year as a coach to lead you on. Yeah. But here they've got Bolton, and he comes from that like that succession line of coaches that have been assistants to Clark Owen and won. But do they have enough enough players there? Like, is Cripps mature enough, or has spent enough time in the AFL system to go to the rest of his younger players, even younger than him, and be like, I know we're getting beaten by 55 points last week. If we just keep doing this process, that's all that matters. And if we don't win a game this year, it doesn't. Can they? Can you keep on losing and not have an effect on you going forward? No, it has a massive effect. You get a losing culture, and you don't know how to win. So, I mean, there's a reason why you know, Geelong, Sydney, Hawthorne, um, have been so, and even West Coast to a certain extent, have been so successful for so long, and always up there and about in the top eight. You know, it's because they they win. And they rebuild, they find players, they get them in their, in their culture, they won't hang around for a year or two for even getting close to a game. And then when they do get a game, they excite and they, they know what to do, they fit their role, they know how to play it. And you know, I keep telling my boys every week, if we get 22 players playing their role and, and setting up and doing everything right, nine times out of ten we'll win because you know we're a good footy team. It's the same as you know the Hawthorns and the Geelongs and cities of the world. You set up right, you can't play your role, the rest the rest will take care of itself. Carlton, that's why I keep going back to Melbourne, because you look at, and Carlton have been doing this for a while now as well, don't mm. forget. They've had a lot, I think they had the most first round draft picks on their list for since ever, They're like over 10, and they still haven't won or done anything. So, you know, cleaning out 42 players, I can understand why, because some of them were, you know, pretty ordinary, but they've got no senior bodies, and that's why they're getting smashed at the moment, you know. Paddy Dow comes in his first year of footy and has to play more midfield minutes than he probably should. It takes Carlton Football Club five rounds to go, hang on a minute, we're, we're wrecking this kid. Let's play him through bursts and let him use his, you know, what he's got, which is he's very quick and explosive from stoppages. We haven't seen that yet until probably the last two weeks for the pure fact that they've been hammering him in the midfield. Hmm. So, you know, that doesn't work for him and his development. And we see Jack Savani going backwards, seeing Weedering going backwards because they're getting beaten every week. And it just doesn't help. And, yeah, you, 
it's you need to you need to win. You need you need blokes around you who are good leaders. That's why I, I wouldn't have got rid of Bryce Gibbs. I know they got some good you know top end talent for it, but that top end talent might be, not be any good if they don't have anyone to watch. Like imagine watching Bryce Gibbs go through his preparation every week. Hmm. Mark Murphy's injured, so you can't watch him. You can't watch Cruiser because he's always injured. So who, and Doherty's out injured. So you got Cade Simpson. He's pretty much the only one. You know, and Daisy Thomas, and I bet Daisy Thomas doesn't do a full program anymore either. Hmm. That's so. That's my worry. There is, you know, Gold Coast. Obviously, they're already they already got that. So, you know, Stewie Jew's coming with the AFL's help and AFL's assistance, and he's getting that everything right. But like I said, if they lose Lynch, then it's a big loss. That's a massive. That's a marquee player not wanting to play at your club, who's your captain. Hmm. So that's pretty big for me. So when you say that there, so you did say that you would rather be Carlton in the next kind of, you know, three to five years. But what you've just said there is essentially if they if the Suns can keep Lynch or yeah. if the AFL forces the Suns to keep Lynch, yeah. they're probably actually in a better position. Yeah, I reckon that if they didn't play finals next year, they'd be a bit disappointed. Yeah. Because you've got your Ainsworth and Ferroni and Ferroni, sorry. Jack uh, Lyons has been very good. Jack Martin's a very, very good player. They've got a really good spine. They've got... Wits is a very, very good ruckman. Thompson, May, Lynch, you know, two-metre Pete, Day. You've got, you, you got your little smart little players like the Ainsworth and Martin. I've already mentioned Fiona. Lockie Weller, Jared Lyons. So they've got, they've, they've got a good nucleus here. And they've still got lots of young players like, you know, Jack Bowes, Will Brody. Uh, the picks from this year are Crossley and a few others as well. Will Power, I think, just signed... Uh, Jack Schimscore is a very good player. So they've got the talent and everything there. It's just, I think it's just Stewie Jew getting together to do it. And that's why I reckon they'll win probably a few more games this year, especially when they get later in the year and they don't have to travel as much. But Carlton will probably get hammered for most of the year. If, I seriously can't see Carlton winning a game. <laughs> they could win this weekend, which would be great against Essendon. But I struggle with them. Like if you go at it on paper, yeah. round 17 is probably there the best chance. And so probably to round out that bit there, if you were Lynch, yeah. what would you do? I'd come to Collingwood, mate. 1.5 mil. No, nah, t- actually, no, I'd come to Collingwood for, for 500 grand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Just to get a winning yeah. culture. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, win a flag with the boys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at Collingwood. Of course. Yeah, of mighty, course. mighty magpies. Yep, yep, yep. Fair enough. Now, nah, if I was Lynch, I'd stay there and be the leader take the money, whatever it is they're offering me, and try and make that club great because you'd be better known for doing that than what you would if you went to, say, a Richmond now or a a Collingwood or a Hawthorne now. Even if you won flags and all that thing, I reckon you get a lot more praise put on you in in 10, 15 years for being the captain that ended up staying, took his club somewhere and was that first, first captain... The first ever flag for Gold Coast, and he stuck around. That's what builds culture. That yeah. stuff builds culture, not leaving. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. And at the end of the day, but people say, "Oh, it's such a hard thing to turn in the money." But like, how much does it change your life between eight hundred thousand a year to one point one? I know it's three hundred thousand. I know it's a lot of a percentage sum, but in reality, like, how many cars do you need? How many houses do you need? Like. It, that's already you know eight times the the maximum tax bracket anyway. So like plus your plus your sponsorship money all that stuff and the AFL's gonna give them kickers exactly and you can probably get something off tourism Queensland yep. or Gold Coast or whatever. So there's ways around that. Always has been. 
Do yourself a favour, Lynchy, and stay up at the Gold Coast. Another club that's doing themselves an absolute favour are the Roos. We have egg in our faces. At the start of the season, we were saying they should get shipped off to North Hobart. Coincidentally, they probably are going to get shipped off to North Hobart as of next year, playing half their home games there, if not more. They're playing good football. I wouldn't say it's great, but the real question is, are they real? They obviously knocked off the Swans on the weekend, just gone. So that's a big scalp. But I think... For mine, we'll probably get this into the previews. The Swans are a bit of a, a chameleon team. They kind of lower and upper their colours depending on the style of team they play against. Yeah. Um, so will this will this work against the real top end teams? So I'm talking this year: Richmond, Geelong, Adelaide, and maybe your GWS is depending on the week as well. North Melbourne are playing a very kick long, hold the ball in sort of thing. Give our forwards an opportunity, move the ball as quick as possible but they're kicking the ball more than handballing yep um, obviously when you've got Brown and Waite and, and Zeewoo down there it helps because they're pretty smart forwards obviously Mason Wood was very good on the weekend as well but I, I worry about the fact that it's all their older senior blokes carrying them at the moment so you Cunnington Zeewoo Goldstein Hartung you know, Higgins Jacobs then you probably look at your Trent Dumont and you know, obviously Wood only played on the weekend and you know, your Clarks and Andersons and that starting to play some good footy. Their their backs are holding up, and you know Thompson and McMillan and you know Atley and uh, Daw. But none of them are A A grade really. Probably Thompson used to be, but I don't reckon he's A grade anymore. That, does that just kind of prove your point then? Going back to like your coaching method, if everyone just plays their role, they kind of win. And we saw on the weekend to bring another team, Richmond, obviously. Like, they beat a team by 70-odd points and none of them got in the votes. Yeah. So, does this actually is this actually sustainable for a team like the Roos to go, we've got no A-graders, let's embrace that. And really, that's unfair because Brown is an absolute A-grader. Yeah. If he was playing any other club that was mm. not North Melbourne because they've got a low profile because they stink, yeah. um, he'd probably, you know, he'd very Or if North Melbourne were winning a lot, yeah. which they're starting to now, he might get more recognition. So... He's a, he's a gun. Mm. Like he, he is a smart footballer. He knows no one's going to be able to reach with him. He runs at the footy, arms out, takes some... And, and if he does have to jump at it, he tries to take the highest point, which is what Mason Cox is starting to do, and that's why he's starting to take those big contested marks as well. So they're going well. I, I fear they're going to drop off. I, I, I get the feeling they're a bit like a Carlton in the last two or three years where they, they win early. And people go, oh, shit, they're actually doing all right. Then the bye week comes, and after that, they just fall off the Well, water. I actually think, and it's interesting because obviously Chris Scott gets a lot of praise for his coaching. He's done some things with Geelong. Some of that's a little bit got lucky with the list he had at the start, and then he's kind of like drifting off. But I think Brad is actually the better coach oh, in yeah. terms of tactics. So like, he's, but he's going to run out of tricks very soon. Yeah. And you, and you say that, and Ruzi loves to just smash the coaches. And he says, like, you know, trick coaches don't last very long in the league. And that's probably the case here for Brad. So against Hawthorne, they ran without wings wide. Yep. They'll, they'll, they just went, well, let's have no wings. Let's just mix up and try and drag Hawthorne out of their really set structures. It worked. Yeah, well, against, against Sydney, they just went exclusive, boring, slow kick-pass chains and went, you know what? If it's a low-scoring game, statistically, we're going to have a, a better chance of being close. And then if it's close, we can, we can, just, we can just back one of our forwards and 
strange enough, it was Wooden, not Brown, that kicked him enough goals to keep him in it and eventually get the win. But, you know, you've used, you've used the real stranglehold of tempo. You've used a real weird structure up. After, you know, eight weeks, nine weeks, there's enough footage of you now to be like, well, if they do this, we can counteract that. If they do this, yeah. we can counteract that. And as you said, they don't really have enough A-graders to just win if they go, you play footy, I'll play footy, let's see who the better team is. Yeah. They, they can't really afford to do that. So I think they will regress because, yeah, they'll just run out of tricks. Well, Adelaide tried how to beat Sydney the other mm-hmm. week. They, you could possess the football and hope the buddy's not playing. And they, they beat Hawthorne smartly. You look at all Hawthorne's wins, who's been the better players? Smith, Bruce, those outside uh, Impey, those outside runners. So you, because the way they're setting up. So if you take them out, which is what North did, then they blew them away early. You know, Hawthorne came back and they you know, lost by 20 odd points in the end. And he's got to try and minimise Sicily's influence at the moment as well because he's, he's an absolute gun. But yeah, I, I don't think that they have A, the players, and B, if they get a few injuries, then yeah. that's really... Like, there's they, got, there's, they there's no real depth there. They really missed Higgins the other week. And if he goes down with the injury, like he's getting older, like something happens to Cainton, you know, he hasn't got the best history of the injuries either, like little niggles and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I'm very, very wary of everyone talking them up at the moment. So, good on them. They're, they're showing a lot of effort, a lot of good, very, very well set up. Brown's playing out of his skin. Weight's even going all right, but... You know, we know how his body handles. Wood even, you know, his body's not great, and DeMont either. So, yeah, let's see if they can get through a few more games. And like I said, I reckon around bye week, they'll start dropping off. Will they play finals this year? No. Yeah, I don't think so they'll, they'll win more games than what we thought they were going to win. Absolutely. And they won't finish bottom. They've proved us wrong. They're not, they're not irrelevant, which was the exact quote I gave them in my preseason predictions. They are relevant. They will take some scalps, but it will be a decline for the Roos. Unfortunately. So that brings us to our Round 8 AFL preview. But first, although we were mute last week, we were not without success. The Whispering Brian edition of What Are The Odds Feature Bets had some successful outcomes. We were in the positive by a whole 40%. We are clawing the season back. We've started slowly, much like a Sydney in 2017, but we are preparing ourselves to finish strongly now that the data's in our favour and we've got the stats in our heads. We are back to our best bet, got up bit again. Yep. The best bet will get up. It has been all year. has been all year. West Coast covered four and a half. They did it very easily in the end. ninety-two tick, tick, tick. And the Mute Man Multi. It was a safe one. The five bucker, five... And four cents, every cent counts nowadays. The great spectacle that was Western Bulldogs Gold Coast went under 163, of course. Hawthorne won, and West Coast won as well. And that still covered the fact that Robbie Gray let us down and St Kilda are going to be St Kilda, and we probably should never, ever even dream about backing them for the rest of their club's history. Robbie Gray had 28 touches, and he had 12 at quarter time. I was spewing at quarter time, I thought... You look beauty. at us go this week. The mute man is, is on fire. But uh, anyway, hopefully that form will continue into the round eight, which kicks off Friday night, 7.50 at the MCG. It's going to be cold. It's going to be wet. It's going to be classic Friday night football. Hawthorne are $1.83 favourites, playing against the vanquished Sydney Swans, who are $2 outsiders. The line here, two and a half. 
and the over under a very very paltry one thirty six and a half, which I just just sums up that the game's going to be wet and cold and a bit of a slog. But what can we expect from Sydney? They lowered their colours against the Roos last week. Yeah, they did lower their colours last week to to North Melbourne. That's three games now they've lost in SCG this year, but they can win away from home. So they're not they don't have a great record. At the MCG, do they? Not at the MCG, not against the Hawks. Yeah, they're pretty ordinary lately. But I just have this feeling that uh, they're going to get up. That the weather won't help uh, Hawthorne's game style as they like to use their pace and, and ball movement. They are still very much a kick mark team, though, Hawthorne. Yeah, but it's hard to do that in wet, slippery conditions. But if any team can, they've proven that throughout Clarkson's tenure, it's going to be Hawthorne. I just think it's going to be a bit more of a territory sort of game, which will suit Sydney. I just like Sydney at two bucks. Yep. You I like Sydney a lot at two bucks, or you just kind of like the fact that they're at two bucks? Not often you get Sydney at two dollars. Hawthorne, even though you know they've won some games this year and they've been okay, they've really they haven't really beaten much. And there's a few teams with these excuses, and Richmond gets dragged into this. The Roos got dragged into this. No, Richmond have, won't get dragged into this. But no, 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 I meant like just like not by you. I yeah. just meant by like people in general saying that who have they beaten? It was like you can only beat the teams that have got the draw. So, even the ways they've beaten teams, though. So, like, even last week, Hawthorne's win was very convincing against the Bombers. It wasn't convincing until the third quarter. Yeah, but that was as we predicted as well. Yes. It's just the way that Essendon played. So, I suppose, who has the bit of bounce-back ability here? Do you reckon the Swans will get up? They obviously had the good win against Geelong, the average performance against the Kangaroos. Do they bounce back, or is that their actual level? Have they regressed now to that level? No, I reckon they would have gone to Sydney find the Kangaroos after being Geelong. Remember how they've got a lot of younger players playing Sydney as well, so players that have played from 0 to 50 games probably would have drank a bit of their own bathwater, missing a few players from injury as well. That, you know, it, it does hurt you when you miss the likes of Hanabry and Franklin. I just think they might have got a bit ahead of themselves. And, and to be fair, Kangaroos played a good game style that Sydney probably weren't... Aware, like, ready for and Sydney did bounce out in that third quarter last quarter and got back in front and should have probably lost the game from there but when you give a team a sniff like, like you saw against Collingwood Brisbane you give a team a sniff it doesn't matter how good they are momentum and all those things in footy is, is a massive thing so I think I, I can excuse them for last week a little bit Sydney if they lose this then I'm a bit worried about Sydney this year then they really are relying on their top end talent yep. and their bottom six bottom eight then does drop away but I reckon they're, they're top four teams Sydney and top four teams should be winning this game and they need to make up now a game for that North Melbourne one yeah, no, and the all, Port Adelaide one as well they're all valid points an interesting stat came out uh, early in the week with the how many marks they concede versus their win-loss ratio if they keep their opponent under 100 marks they win three times as many as they lose. If they let the team take more than 100 marks, they lose twice as many as they win. Um, the numbers are a bit skewed on that because they obviously don't let teams get more than 100 marks very often. That was the case. They lost against North Melbourne last week. The weather won't help that, so if you're going to get 20 mils, it will be very hard for Hawthorne to take those 100 marks. Everything about the history of these two teams matching up in the last three years has been close, low scoring. Yeah. I think it does lean in Sydney's favour. If the rain does come, I think you'll see that line shorten. So perhaps it is a smart move here to take the two bucks. Do you take the two bucks on Sydney or do you take two ten on under 15.5 for either team? I'll just take the two dollars for Sydney because it's, it's a safer option. I think Sydney, they know they need to win this to 
if they want to finish top four this year because they've probably dropped two games they probably think they'll drop so yeah Sydney two bucks that's where I'm heading lock it in Eddie alright super duper Saturday this week six games I'm looking forward to a few of these games. Six fantastic games on the Saturday. We're starting off with the Giants versus the Eagles playing at Spotless Stadium. Giants are $1.60. The Eagles are an outrageous $2.35. Little uh, spoiler alert there for you. The line here is 10.5, the over under 160 points. Brian, why aren't the Eagles favourites in this? I've got no idea. Because what what else seen... could they do? Five in a row, dominating teams. Sharing around their attack. I think people... Clearance are, machines, defending well. I think people are still sucked into GWS. And they've they got to realise it. Do they not watch Friday Night Football? Well, they missed out on Absolute Stinker if they didn't, so that's And the right. week before against Brisbane, they were that great. They're, they're missing a, f- a fair few talented players, GWS. And they only get Cameron back. I think they might get Delidio back. It's still yet to be confirmed. They definitely want to get Toby Green. Lob hurt himself at training today. Knocked himself unconscious. So he probably won't play. If he does, then you got to ask questions about how he can get up two days or three days after knocking himself out of training. West Coast uh, just playing really good football. Like quick, lots of speed. They're getting that ball in quickly and long to Kennedy and Darling and Willie Rioli and a few other players that they've had playing that I, I didn't even know of until they started popping up last week. And Dom Sheed is really picked up in the midfield. Yo's always been there. You know, Gaff and Shuey. Obviously, they lose one of those to injury. Was it Shuey? Shuey, yeah. So Gaff. You know, no Nick Nat. Yes, but Lysette's been playing really well. McGinnis probably come in for him. You know, they've got they've got lots of positives going for them, and I just think they're a better team. And at the ridiculous odds, two dollars thirty-five, they win. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of stats there, based on the year on averages. West Coast have the advantage in hitouts. That's both with Nick Nat and with Lysett. Yep. Lysett, based on champion data points, is actually their fourth most valuable player. Yeah, he's playing almost like a West Off sort of role. Just rolls around the ground and yeah. does what he likes. They, they lose a lot, obviously, with not having Nick Nat, but they still have the rock advantage, even if Lysett has to play the majority of the minutes in that one. They've got the advantage in the clang account. They're being much cleaner than the Giants. Their inside 50 is higher, and their accuracy of goal is amazing, especially when you have both Darling and... Kennedy kicking straight, taking marks. They're very hard to beat. Do they lose much of that midfield balance with Shuey out and Nick Nat? Well, not really, because as you said, you've got Sheed, Gaff, Redden and Yo all covering the clearances and inside 50s, and there's been a nice even spread. And really, we're almost getting to the point now where the Giants are going to be a 5-8 a to eight team, not a top-4 team, because last week's performance against Geelong, these numbers don't really sound like it. They're struggling to score. They're struggling to score. They're struggling, got, to, they're struggling to dispose properly. Got, they're struggling to defend. Like Patton and, and what are they doing? Thompson. What are they doing well right now? They need to get a ruckman. Look, I don't care. He's got to play Dawson Simpson. They've got some other kid on, on their list as a ruckman. Play them because it's not working with Patton. And it's it, their forward line isn't functioning either. Mm. So he's got to go back and play forward. Thomason, you know, worked for a game against Brisbane. That's fine, but it hasn't worked. Didn't work last week against Shalonga. Geelong's rucks have been poor all year, like Smith and Stanley. And for for Jerry's to get beaten the way they did around the ground by like Stanley, just shows how much they're struggling. Like, you know, Big Sav could have had a night out against them as well. Davis, you know, is playing okay, but he hasn't got any much help apart from Finlayson. I just really fear that this could. I, I'd almost 
I'm almost tempted to, um, this could be a bit of a, you know, 30 to 40 pointer. Wow. Just, that's that's very ambitious, but I like it. I like the thinking. I like the I like the confidence in the obvious bet here, which for mine is West Coast to win at two dollars thirty five. And it's probably the, the, and that's probably going to slide now that Nick Nack's going to miss as well. Yeah. So he might pick up two fifty somewhere. Almost, almost best bet of the weekend sort of stuff. Mm, absolutely. So we'll probably talk about it a bit later. We'll discuss it, but yeah, I, I just can't believe West Coast two dollars thirty five and. Straight away, when I looked at the game this week, I saw this one went West Coast best. Like, and yeah. I thought that'd be a dollar eighty, dollar ninety. Talking of bests, this game won't be it. Carlton and Essendon face off at the MCG when what used to be an absolute humdinger will probably be is a fizzer. Carlton are three dollar twenty five outsiders <clears throat> to Essendon's dollar thirty five favoritism. The line here is three goals. The over under one fifty two. It spells a pretty dire afternoon of football. Interesting ins and outs in this one, though. Carlton are probably going to get around about four to five players back. Essendon missed Danaher. Is the Bombers missing Danaher actually a blessing in disguise? So they don't have to keep it to a bloke who's horrendously out of form. And yes, he was injured, but if you play, you got to perform. Otherwise, why? You should have just taken the, the weeks off. Yeah, but who replaced him? What is Bell Chambers and... Who's going to keep their goals? Stringer. But he... Yeah. The, the thing, the the problem is them. That not a, they're not scoring. But b, they've got no defence and they're getting smashed at the clearances. And I think Stringer might get dropped as well. He didn't lay a tackle on the weekend. No, Goddard didn't. Danaher didn't. A few of them didn't. Seriously, then Worsfold needs to set a standard here. And Dyson Heppel spoke really strongly after the game. So it's interesting to see what they actually do and whether they actually follow through with it or whether they're just gonna. Go, oh, we'll go on the Carlton unchanged and just miss Danaher because he's done a groin. But yeah, I, I'm almost tempted to tip Carlton because Carlton, you know, they got smashed last week. But they did fought, fight back. They were down, but they were getting smashed early and they came back a bit and then they got smashed in the end. That's just because they just don't have the the depth. But Essendon at the moment, you look at Essendon, you go, well, who's going to win the inside ball for them? Cripps could have a field day. Carlton's four line's pretty strong. It's just whether Hurley and can hold them off with a hooker. But going forward, yeah, you just can't. I, I just can't see how Essendon kick a, kick a score. Yeah, I just don't have that much faith in in Carlton. Like just purely on what's on paper, yeah, Essendon's having a stinker. But the talent on Essendon's list that's available still and there and playing should be able to kick in at any moment against a side that's as young as Carlton. Yeah. However, I'm big on this stat. We said it last week. It came to fruition. Essendon only scored two points in the third quarter last week against Hawthorne. Yep. You can get Carlton to win the third quarter at two dollars fifty-three. There you go. Well, that's and I think that's it's has it's been a trend that has been undefeated so far this year. They just don't show up after halftime. No one has any idea why. Oh. It's it's an enigma, but it's been a very successful one. So that's where I'll be going with this game. Well, generally inside mids have been doing all right against Essendon, which is a pure fact that Holman's inside ball for Essendon. So I'd be looking at Cripps to get 30 or more. Yep. Paying $2.25. And we, we talked the other week about Essendon and how they like to attack from defence. So I wouldn't... I reckon a small... Matty Wright, most goals as well. Could could be the most goals for the game because there won't be a lot of goals kicked. I reckon those two though, Cripps, 30 plus, Carlton in the third. <laughs> and if you're really keen on the Blues and felt like a bit of value, you maybe throw them in there as well to win it overall but 
probably just tip the blues, maybe just for a little point of difference tip in your tipping comp. Heading off to another, I suppose, evenly matched up game. Similar odds as well. We head out to the Gabba for a home game for Gold Coast. Go figure, they still can't play at Metricon. Uh, Gold Coast are $3.50 outsiders at home to Melbourne. $1.31 favourites. The line here is 22.5. The over-under, 172. Shout-outs to the uh, Queenslanders out there. Looks like you'll be having a nice sunny weekend, unlike us Melbournians. Are Melbourne actually not that bad? Are Melbourne actually doing a lot right and things just aren't clicking? Or is there a serious issue here? And I bring this up because of two major stats. They've won the contested possession by 16 per game this year, Melbourne, in all seven of their games. They're averaging 16 more contested possessions. Yeah, we, they we, get it at the source, obviously. It's what they do afterwards. We spoke about this. They, they but has Tom McDonald fixed their front half issues? I reckon he has. They haven't played anyone. So people start to talk about they've beaten Essendon and St Kilda. Yeah. But they, they, people need to calm down. Like, you know me, I was the biggest I was yeah, you're the biggest a big, bandwagon rider of almost, You almost bought a membership. That's how that's how big you were getting. But, like, who are Gold Coast? They're, they're in that bracket. Gold Coast is in that St Kilda, yeah, Eston bracket. This is no bet game for me, but I'm tipping Gold Coast. If if May and, and Lynch play, if yeah. they don't, then I probably won't for tip Melbourne. But if May and Lynch play, this has got a... Melbourne have won two games in a row. All of a sudden, all the media start to talk about them again. They still lack outside speed. So you can talk about contested ball all you want. As we said, this is their problem going back when we talked about them about three weeks ago, I think it was. They, they get the ball at the source, yes, but they've got nothing outside of that. And that's where they lose it on the peripheral. And going forward, they're very, you know, obviously Tom McDonald's helped me out, straighten them up a little bit, but they're still, and they, if Secura could kick straight last week, they would have been up five or six goals in the first quarter. They're still very leaky. So their ball movement was better against Secura, but I don't know how much that was down Secura's lack of pressure. Uh, I, I still am not a sold on Melbourne and won't be until they consistently put it together and do it against a couple of decent teams. I think that Gold Coast playing at Gabba, they actually haven't travelled for once. Uh, they probably get a couple of good players back. They were really good last week for three quarters. They've been around the mark for in most games as well this year. So I just reckon that, yeah, the Gold Coast might knock them off here. Now, I... Just can't back that one up there, I don't think. And the major one for that is that Gold Coast are the worst performing fourth quarter side. They only play three quarters. They have all year. Melbourne are good enough, even at not at their best, even with, without the outside run, to, to slog it out for four and, and kind of overlap them in the, last, in the last quarter of the game. So I'd be tipping Melbourne, but there's not many angles to take there at all. So stay away from that one. The big showdown is on Saturday as well. 5-10 at the Adelaide Oval. Port Adelaide, $2.45 outsiders. Adelaide, $1.56 favourites. The line here is a slender two kicks. And the over-under, 170. And it seems like the Crows have fixed all their problems. They're currently third. They're healthy favourites in this one. They're looking for their sixth straight win over the power. And despite a really long injury list that started very early in the season, players like Ellis Yolman... Fogarty, Doherty, they've all taken opportunities, stepped up, and of course you've got Matt Crouch and Rory Laird in double A form. The All-Australian going back-to-back. Well, Sloan and Tex are back. Big game, Tex. Big loves, game. loves a big game, Tex. He does, he really loves does. Loves not getting a kick in a big game. The Last year, I think Adelaide did an absolute number. They did an absolute Port. number. It was savage. And Port have been pretty ordinary. 
haven't they? They've been very ordinary. Again, it's a contested possession stats. It's very isolated. They've, been, they've lost 10 of their last 12 games in terms of that KPI yep. by an average of 10. So they just can't get their own ball. And they can't kick a score at the moment. Like, they're really struggling up forward. And apparently Wingard might be back this game, which obviously helps. And Rockcliffe comes in because they got smashed last week at the contested footy. I'm almost... I'm, no bet here. No bet. No, it's, yeah, it's, showdown's yeah, too, showdown's too risky, but... But I'm almost tempted to tip Port. See, I'm not. Adelaide have have the moles on Port, and in terms of the matchup in a Styles makes fight situation, this is my really concerning one for me. Porter ranked 17th from the comp for scoring shot conversion by their opponents. So yep. they give away really good looks at the goal for their opposition. Adelaide are ranked the third best team at shot creation. Yeah. So they're going to get plenty of looks. They're going to get plenty of good looks against Port. And it could blow out to be another typical showdown of the last kind of three or four years. Uh, I just don't feel like they match up very well. Also, Adelaide's the second best contested possession side in the league at the moment. Yeah. So they're going to win it at the source. Well, Power Pepper's back as well for Port. Uh, I, I just... You know when Port just get up for those games? Like, they got up for Sydney. They got up for Sydney, but they've never got up for Adelaide. I just feel like there's, there's something brewing here. I just feel like you really, really don't like Tex Walker and you're just hoping he has another stinker. He's going. So you can throw the It's booty. a big game. It's a solid crowd, big game, lots of pressure on. Prime time as well. Prime time, so you won't get near it. Yep, fair um, enough. You'll be tipping Port, I'll be tipping Adelaide. No go. I almost, I was almost, I'm so confident I'd be going Adelaide to cover, but we'll leave that one alone. If you really want to back my tip there, you can take it on yourself, listeners, but it won't be one of our featured ones for the week. Heading into the evening games, the Bulldogs are playing Brisbane at 7.25, the premium slot at Etihad, under the roof. Bulldogs are $1.38 favourites after just scraping past the Suns. Brisbane are $3.05 outsiders. The line here, three kicks, the over-under, 171. I messaged you the other day. I reckon this is a roughie of the week here. Brisbane to beat the Doggies. The Doggies are just getting by few more injuries as well. Brisbane, I mean, travelling pretty well. They've played some really good footy on the weekend. If no one can, if, if Zorko stays in the game and Louis Taylor plays like that again, plus with Beams, they're, they're going to do some damage to the dogs. And Steph Martin's in great form. He took, I know Grundy's carrying an injury, but he's playing, so he's at 100%. But Steph Martin took Grundy to the cleaners again on the weekend. He will have fun with whoever, if it's English or um, Trengrove, whoever he gets picked up against, he'll have a field day. And I just reckon that Hipwood's about due to turn one on as well. He's been pretty quiet this year. You know, last year, did this year, it was quite four or five games, and, they, and they, then he came out and kicked five or six. I think it was this game last year, actually, that Brisbane were up by about seven goals against the Doggies, and the Doggies came back and ran over the top of them late. Mm. At, at, at Eddie had as well. But for me, I just think... Brisbane, this is this is their chance, and I, I don't reckon they'll let it slip this time. Yeah, so I was concerned thinking, can a young side back it up two weeks in a row? But then I realised that the doggies are actually younger than, yeah. than the Lions at the moment, just due to their injuries and stuff. Okay. The Bont has to pass a fitness test on Thursday. I He may not, I think, and especially with injuries around hips and groins and stuff, for a guy of that much talent that's going to be part of their club for so long, I think they won't risk him if it is a bit of a touch and go. And then based on the stats, they're actually quite close. They're 
obviously near the bottom of the comp for most things. The Bulldogs only average 74 points a game. They haven't really had that one game that shows they can do it if it all clicks. Whereas the Lions last week scored over 100 in yeah. a shootout because, you know, Buckley doesn't want to tag someone, and we'll get onto that later on with the, the preview for that game. But I think, yeah, I'm with you on this one. This, I reckon this could be the value. At $3.05... The value? What, what's our roughie then this week? Or, or our roughie. Fair enough. <laughs> we've got, we've got, well, our best bet's $2.75. So yeah. $3.05 is values. You know, that's the next step up. But yeah, as our value or our roughie, I reckon the Lions in, a, in an upset under the roof on Saturday night could be a goer, especially because weather will not have any impact. If Brisbane play the footy they played against us on Sunday, they will do a number on the doggies. There you go. And then to round out Super Saturday, 8-10, Fremantle are $1.26 favourites. That's right, those purple dockers against the pretty woeful St Kilda, $3.90 outsiders. They're playing at Optus Stadium. The line here is 25.5, the over-under, 161.5. The dockers are a different team at home, as they've shown all year so far. They're a lot better. They're a lot better. score Score a lot more. Move the ball a lot better. They set up really well. They're and more... the only real black flag from last week was they showed no defensive pressure. Guess what? They're playing against the Saints, so it won't matter. Yeah, oh, yeah. Saints will. After about quarter time last week, Saints were terrible, and they got a few injuries as well again. So Jack Stephen went off with an ankle a couple of times. Whether he gets up, Paddy McCartan will miss. Paddy McCartan will miss. I'm fearful of St Kilda because I watched them play last week. And we were up and about about St Kilda last week. We thought, you know, they'd get that quick-moving footy going again. And they dominated patches, but the way that Melbourne rather transitioned the footy from one end to the other, I think there was about three goals in the first quarter that literally took three, four kicks, and it was within 20 metres. Like, you go on your footy live app and you can see the scoring shots for Melbourne. I think they had about 10 shots within 15 metres of the goal mouth. Yeah. So not only are they get they butchering it going forward, but on transition, they've just got no defensive pressure whatsoever. And against Fremantle with Fife and Sandilands and you know, Pierce and all those boys up and going. And well, that was the strange part because apparently those three blokes had you know the best games. They got beaten by 70-odd points by Richmond and they managed to have three in the best. Yeah. So if they take that, that, that kind of form in against the Saints, they should actually do an absolute yeah. number, especially at home, especially at the new stadium where yeah. they're playing really well. Cox showed a little bit against Richmond late. Uh, or in that third quarter period when you guys got on top for a bit there. You know, McCarthy, always better. Ballantyne was quiet. You set him to bounce back. Matera again was quiet. So all those boys, the Hills and those sorts of guys, they'll play better footy when they're at home. And yeah, I thought the 25 and a half was very generous and I'd be taking that. Yep. No, I agree there, I think. Because St Kilda can't score, A, because they can't kick straight and B, they've just got no avenue to go at the moment. Long's out as well, so he's fractured his foot and he, he was probably... Something you'd watch St Kilda look forward to watching was, was long run around, but he's not there either. So, yeah, look, and they're talking about bringing in Nathan Freeman already. You know, he's had one decent game in the VFL with hamstring, after all his hamstring issues. I just, I don't know, yeah, just, and he's been the he's been there trying to they're doing trying to beat up their week by pumping him up. Jeez, it just smell, it just reeks down there at the moment. And it's very strange as well because they are basically the worst enemy as well. So the Saints are the ranked first in the league for uncontested possessions, but ranked 16th for contested. I don't think it's essentially that they're soft, it's that they're scared. So their ball movement's so stagnant now. We, like, we know that they can play fast, free-flowing footy. Yeah. 
they could be they could be Eston of old and just be all attack and no defence, and you kind of cop that. But at the moment, they're too scared of making the attacking mistake because they know it's going to turn over and they can't defend it. And then it's just, they just don't score, and then they still get scored against. So you can't go near them in terms of betting perspective. All in on Fremantle cover, and they should do it pretty easy at home. And then, after a super-duper Saturday, only two games on the Sunday. Both of them are quite interesting, I think. We start off at the early slot, the one ten slot. North are $4 outsiders after knocking off Sydney. To the reigning premiers, the Richmond Tigers, who are $1.25 favourites. They're copping winks like odds every week now. The line here is 26.5. The over-under is 172, and they're playing under the roof at Eddie Had. We will find out how good the Kangaroos are this week. This is a proper big test because the Tigers are playing by far and away the best style of football, and they're definitely the best football team in the comp as we speak. They get off the MCG, though. We get off the MCG, but, uh, and you know, the Eddie Had is a bit of a bogey ground for us. This is where we lost to St Kilda by 100 points last year. Yeah, and then they play that quick ballistic football. Yeah. We don't really know what the Kangaroos will play because obviously Brad will have a bit of a think about how he can, you know, do some funky things. So if they're going to play Waite, Brown, and Wood. Zeebel. And Zeebel. Is that enough to keep Rance busy? You'd hope so, but I think. Well, we spoke about it before with how North Melbourne have been playing is that more direct long down the line. They don't want to do that against Richmond because it'll, it'll come back and hurt them. Mm. That's what Richmond want you to do. My biggest worry, though, was North Melbourne's back line against your four line. So you've got McMillan, uh, Thompson, Dorr, uh, pretty big, especially Thompson and Magic Dorr, they're big boys. They haven't got a matchup. You've got the Mosquito fleet running around with Jack Rewald and then as much as Jacob's had a really good year and you know Martin's probably down on numbers but he's still been you know influential around goals Jacob's if he gets Martin and goes with Martin down in the 450 Martin's an him alive you don't you lose press chair but you, you cover him uh, I just think that this could be a bit of a blowout yeah I I'm I'm a bit worried about the way that they go about it like if they do if they do try the possession game that they did against Sydney, I, I still think that the way that Richmond put pressure on how manic they are, that they're still going to turn the footy over a little bit, and that's where you, you guys will score. And you'll just you'll just you just play the zone a lot, probably a lot higher almost, so that you bring Brown out of, out of goal scoring areas. Yeah. yeah, so he has to come get the footy a lot higher up. I thought if you picked your own line at three and a half, which is about two bucks. I reckon that was a pretty good bet because I reckon you'll win by five or six goals, if not more. But do you worry about the fact that you've been smashing teams lately a lot and that, that you might just have you might just have a down game? Not really, no. Especially Eddie Hag with Especially the at Eddie Had and I think there's still we're still not like the the front runners yet. I still think people are either not willing to back us or not wanting us to succeed. So you still have you can still create that story inside the clubland. I think of yeah. you know we have still have a point to prove. We still have a point to prove, um, and you're seeing that more and more often. So like we were relentless against Fremantle. It wasn't, and we yeah, did yeah, we did have, we did have that dip, and so they still went had the, had a bit of a drop off in the third quarter, and then obviously Dimmer was like, no, that's not good enough. I want yeah. you to go out there and bake these guys, and they did it. One of my best bets for the weekend would be Richmond to win the fourth quarter. By ten and a half, which gives you a dollar ninety-two. They've won the fourth quarters all year long. 
They're up by about, I think it's like 400% is their percentage in fourth corners this year. They're by far the best finishers of, of a game in the comp at the moment. Uh, you could also get the fourth quarter to be the highest scoring quarter at $3.40 which if you're is, looking for some value as well. Which is when you run out and well, blow well, out teams. Well, so far the last few weeks, you've been smashing teams the last quarter, haven't you? Yeah. Like Melbourne, Collingwood and Freo. Mm. So yeah, it's probably a fair, fair bet as well. And to round out a very important game, because this is a slotting doors moment. These could be our slotting doors teams next week, I think, for our coach's corner. Sunday afternoon, the primetime slot at the MCG. Collingwood are $2.37 outsiders. Geelong, $1.59 favourites at the MCG. The line here is 10.5, the over-under, or 173.5. Collingwood have a, a pretty decent record against Geelong of late, the last three-odd seasons. And this time, the Magpies actually deserve to feel like they should be in with the sniff in this one. But do you have the faith, Baz? I don't. At all? No. We're coming. So we're coming. We had three games in twelve days. Yes, we had seven days from our last game. Geelong get nine. Grundy's still carrying an injury. Not, uh, he shouldn't have played last week. Probably would have cost us four points. But he probably might manage himself through this one again. But he's not one hundred percent. And Cox is doing a bit more ruck work. He did a fair bit of ruck work actually last game. But and Cox is, keeps improving. Uh, we get we lose Penelbury. We're probably we're probably going to pick a first gamer in Sear or Rupert Wills might come in. I don't think Wells is coming in yet. Vasolo might come in for Crocker or Maine. Uh, yeah, I just my my biggest concern, my biggest worry is that we, we were really poor defensively against Brisbane, and we've been really good. For the previous few weeks, I spoke about it last week. Was if we're good enough, we'll, are we good enough to keep it going? Because mm. you know, if, I haven't seen this sort of footy from us for a long time. And last time we played like this, we were good for six or seven weeks. Then the bye came, and we'll crap first few. I'll say like nine of us, eleven. John being pretty good. They get back Ablett, so we're playing against that trio. Uh, they're missing Hawkins and missing Menzel, but we saw against Port Adelaide that they still were pretty dangerous going forward we saw on the weekend that you know they've got other bloke, other ways at going, kicking goals as well mm. and as much as a copy of stick for being overhyped that trio are elite ball users and especially getting an inside 50 and they do it three different ways Yeah. so Ablett's very precise Selwood gets on the inside and Danger will just boot it long but it means that they, their inside 50s are hugely valuable and they're still the most efficient inside 50 team in the, in the comp for turning those into scores yeah, so we're the most efficient. We're one of the most efficient teams in the comp once we get inside fifty in the in the scoring, but we're also the worst in the comp. But once it's inside our fifty, the opposition mm. scoring. So if Geelong are, Geelong are up there, I know they're up like fifty three or fifty four percent or something inside fifty conversions, and we're allowing it to happen as well. Then we're we're up, we're in trouble. It's gonna be a high scoring game either way. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'm just not still not sold on us yet, and it probably. Probably won't be all year, to be honest. No, fair enough. <laughs> but, is it time for Bucks to swallow his pride and tag someone? Well, we have... Levi Greenwood's always done a good job on Selwood. Like, every time. For some reason, whenever we play John, Selwood gets Greenwood, and Greenwood takes him out of the game. And that's probably why we've been doing really well. But Bucks and other games won't... I mean, we tagged Sloan in the year and it worked. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. He let Zorka off the chain last week, and he, and he almost stole him the and, game. Him and Louis Taylor killed us. Mm. So you think that we're gonna? Um, yeah, and you had Mitchell and Round One as well. Who? Yeah, 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 won won the game. So 
I think sometimes you, you must have a feeling that our midfield group would beat the other midfield group, and which he's probably going to have to do here because you can't tag all three. Hmm. And there's no point. Not, you can't, it's pretty hard to tag Danger because he's just he runs in and he just gets too hard. It's probably easier to tag Salwood. Ablett isn't probably no point tagging. I'd almost let Ablett have his 40 touches, but as long as he has it back half. Yeah. Um, I'll be watching Kelly because Kelly's that link player and he's got a bit of stash away from the stoppages. I'd be just, I'd almost be happy to defend from doing a bit of Essendon here and defending from the back because if we can transition the ball out like we have with our hands, they probably don't have enough to worry our back line, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. They've got to get goals from Sav, Parsons, Guthrie. You know, who else is... Uh, there's not a lot there. Got, they don't get goals from their midfield unless Danger plays forward a lot. So, yeah, it's... It's, it's 50-50 for mine. It's a no bet. I'm probably going to tip Geelong. But I'm also hoping we win because I'm a Collins supporter. I was kind of keen on Collingwood and then, yeah, with a couple of the outs... And a couple of other guys carrying niggles and probably just being due for a drop-off, I kind of balked on that one. I did think that you're probably not going to tag just because you don't seem like you want to. So you can get Paddy Dangerfield 30-plus at $2.25 and you get Mitch Duncan at 30-plus, $2.75. And because, as you said, like with, with Paddy, Selwood and Ablett, even if all those guys get accounted for, then you still got Duncan, who's been coming into great form as well, to probably get 30 yeah. So if you want some action, you can pick up some you know two dollar plus bets there, um, but probably one to just have a watch of because it really would be if Kanye would win this, they're suddenly getting into that. Could we finish top four? Watch the me- watch the media jump on board. Watch, could they finish top four? How good is Buckley as a coach? The whole last three years has been forgotten completely. So a very interesting one, and I think this will be our teams for the sliding doors segment next week. <laughs> I'll start with my, my, my value. I got Patrick Cripps to get 30 against Essendon, 225. My best is West Coast to win, 235. My rough is Brisbane to win at 305. But also, from other bets, I just had Richmond to win by 30 and a half. Fremantle to cover the line. And I had Sydney to win as well. So that, that were my bets for the week. They are some good bets. And do we have a... Slightly less muted man multi to roll with on round eight. So if you take Richmond at 30 and a half, Fremont at 25 and a half, West Coast to win, you get $9. $9 is a pretty good improvement. We got, we got our multi up at five last week, being a little bit more ambitious with a two at the line. Gives an extra $4 to play with. Should be some good stuff. Have a listen back to the Easter eggs as well. We'll be posting up all of our bets especially our featured ones for the weekend on our socials. That is at SC underscore May underscore Oz and also on our Facebook at Sporting Chance Magazine. As we said, need a place to watch the football in the dry and the warm. Check out the Yorkshire Hotel in Abbotsford, corner of Langridge and Hoddle Street. They've got an amazing fireplace in the front room and plenty of TVs there, so you'll be nice and warm and comfortable. Don't have a chance if you don't-